Hey everyone, how's it going? This is uh, Patrick Donho. You're listening to episode 11 of the Wealth Standard podcast, and this is season one where we are talking about life. Now, my guest, his name is John Rampton. Uh, John and I actually met in 2009 uh, just briefly, but I followed him throughout the years. And he uh, was named recently as the number two online influencer by Entrepreneur uh, Magazine. So you're, you're going to love the interview. He has a really cool story, really dynamic guy, and I uh, can't wait for you uh, to meet him. But John also is, uh, is the founder of uh, Do.com, D-U-E. Uh, which is uh, basically payment payment processing, billing, invoicing, uh, and I believe it's on the blockchain. And uh, so really, really cool company, but he's also working on a really neat project uh, called calendar.com. And you can go on there and get notifications when that launches in a few months. But calendar.com is a, a calendar aggregator and it works for both business, so it's kind of like a Calendly or Schedule Me type of you know type of app. But uh, but his idea is to use it for you know from a social standpoint, where you can put your friends' calendars on there and coordinate events a lot easier. Uh, but anyway, really really amazing entrepreneur lives up in Silicon Valley and has been uh, been really successful. He also you know works with a, a PR group. Uh, but he is you know he's one of those great examples of someone who has you know really bucked the status quo when it comes to the typical way of uh, of doing things, and he's uh, been really successful at it. So you guys are uh, definitely going to enjoy. If you like what you've heard uh, so far, uh, definitely go onto iTunes and give us a, give us a review. That really really helps uh, when it comes to attracting new listeners, and uh, it mean a ton mean a ton to me. Uh, if you uh, if you do that, uh, and then also if you if you're first time listener, go back and listen to the previous uh, episodes of this season. There's some really good interviews uh, in there. Uh, last week I talked to Peter Gray. We've had John Tarnoff on of uh, you know the uh, Boomer reinvention. Anyway, it's just uh, we've had some incredible guests and definitely uh, uh, have enjoyed every moment of uh, of the interviews and of this of this season. And uh, and we only have a few uh, few uh, episodes left. And uh, you guys are going to enjoy those. But for the time being, John Rampton is my guest today. So uh, I hope you, uh, hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the special 2018 seasons of the Wealth Standard Podcast. Celebrating life, liberty, and property. You are currently listening to Life Season 1. Okay, John, welcome to, welcome to the show. It's amazing to, uh, amazing to see you. And you know, before before I, because I'm I'm curious to hear your 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 story from you. I followed you for, for a number of years, uh, but we crossed we we crossed paths, you know, 2009, and uh, and then just recently with you know this uh, uh, PR firm that you're a part of up in San Francisco or, or I don't even know where it is, and we just connected. They they you know they wanted a, a piece to be done and an editorial piece. And they're like, yeah, we have a, you know, here's our guy, John Rampton. I'm like, I know, I know that guy. I know John. Hey, I know him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's awesome to reconnect with you. But then, you know, I mean, in following you throughout the years, you've just done some, some pretty, pretty amazing, pretty amazing things. So that's where I thought we, we should start is maybe, you know, tell us, tell us your, tell us your story. Tell us your story. I mean, I know that you were just getting into kind of this entrepreneurial, you know, uh, realm when, when we met, I think you were, you know, maybe just a year or so into it, but you know, yeah. give us an idea of, of what your, what your journey is uh, or was, and then what you're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, my entrepreneurial journey started off really from a young age. Um, I, I love money. I, I love it. There's nothing in this world that I love more than money. So, um, you know, from a young age, I always wanted to make it. I'm the guy who, you know, back in the day I had a candy stand 
but I didn't just have one candy stand at one time. I had three candy stands wow. and I hired friends franchise. You know, I put one in front of, yeah, I franchised this sucker. Uh, I put one in, in the front of the elementary school. I went to one in the back of the elementary school and then one at another elementary school because wow. I just saw opportunities and I rented garages from, you know, across the street from these. So from a young age, I, I love the fact that I could sell something for a dollar and make 50 cents on it. And it was just all profit to me. So that was fascinating for me. And that kind of just grew up with me over my, my whole life is I did this, you know, I, w I was working for somebody, you know, after college, I worked for somebody I did this, but I always had that like, little entrepreneurial vibe. Um, the, bug. the bug, you know, was inside me. And I had to do that. Um, when my entrepreneurial bug really came out is I was working for a company in downtown Salt Lake City, obviously, actually right by your office, yeah. about a block away. And, uh, you know, I was working for them. And I, uh, I, I had an accident where I was making money on on the weekends. And I, I was working up in Park City doing construction, and I was run over. And all of a sudden, you know, my life went from, you know, doing, you know, working at a job, making money to I didn't have really any way to make money because I couldn't go into my job and I couldn't work. So I was kind of thrown into this position where I, I ended up spending the next year in a bed, having to have reconstructive surgery on my leg, you know, being told I'd never walk again, wow. you know, a lot of realizations at this time. But my biggest thing was where's my money coming from? Where's it going? So, you know, at that time, and by the way, you could cut me off if you have questions at any time, but, uh, no, going, you know, dur during, uh, during that time, I, uh, I was a sales rep for a company and I would always go door, you know, not door to door, but go selling to real estate agents. And I try and sell them this widget and I call them up and do this. But during this time I couldn't go visit anybody. So money went away from zero. So I started looking into this whole thing called online marketing. And at the time, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going online. People weren't doing anything, but I was like, Hey, there's gotta be something I should, I should be able to figure this out. My entrepreneur bug came off. I took off my sales hat and said, Hey, how can I sell more online? How can I be better at who I am? So then I started figuring out ways to sell better. Now, over the course of the next year, I went from, you know, being the top sales rep selling like 10 widgets a day to my biggest day. I sold almost 400 wow. in one day. And the next highest sales rep on that particular day when I had my record number was eight. Wow. And it was like almost 400. So, you know, I think a lot of people get really stuck in this mindset and you guys, you know, listening to this might be in the same, like, you know, I just had this tragic thing happen to me. I can't ever get out of this or, you know, I, I, I want to, but I don't know how. I would say take a step back like I did. I, I literally had, I was forced to take a step back and evaluate, you know, what was working, what wasn't working and evaluate what's going on in your life and see if you can really change it or tweak something a little bit. I didn't tweak very much. I just said, Hey, I'm selling this thing. I went on Craigslist and I put a job posting. I made $8 per sale and I went to people on Craigslist and I said, I'll give you $6 per sale. And all of a sudden, I had all these people who were like, oh, yeah, I could easily do that. And I started making sales. I wasn't making the full thing, but it was just a new, innovative way doing what I was doing, putting my entrepreneurial hat on within my own company. And that's what allowed me to kind of step out of that and realize, hey, I can do this for myself. Yeah, and that's where, 
You know, because I wanted to, uh, one of the lines of questions that I that I had for for a little bit later on kind of plays into this because I I would say you know the these the difficult circumstances of life is is really where the the human genius comes out in us right it's yeah. never when everything is going great it's always like when we're we're put in the position of of being forced to figure it out. But at the yeah. same time, it's, it's interesting where those amazing moments are. That's where the greatest amount uh, of, of fear, not, uh, not necessarily you know, in the moment, but fear of having that happen, fear, fear of that failure, fear of things go wrong, right? But yeah. yet the most amazing things happen you know, during, those, during those moments. But yeah, a, it, the Tony Robbins, not to, you know, to the, Tony Robbins uh, says, and a lot of other personal development people say it too, which is, you know, the, the fact that, you know, life happens for you, not to you. And I think yeah. that, you know, it comes down to perspective, right? And so I think, you know, even during this time, which it sounds like, you know, in a, you know, for real estate, this was kind of around the, the 2007, 2008 time when the real estate market was, was kind of correcting, right? So yeah. it's one of those, you know, having that happen to your leg and being put in the position of like having to figure out a new, a new way uh, you did. And that obviously led to some success, you know, short term, but I, yeah. I think you probably discovered, well, you did discover a few, a few elements, right. That affected things for the long term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was forced to, I, I always say things don't usually work out unless they have to. <laughs> um, I think so many of us are like, give ourselves like five different options in life and things won't work out unless they need to. Um, if you're banking on something working out and it doesn't have to work out, I find most of the time it, it won't. And that's where, uh, again, it comes down to how you look at, how you look at, how you look at life, right? I would say, you know, there's, there's so many different, there's so many different paths our lives can take. And obviously we form this like, okay, things should be this way. And if they don't work out that way, like we're, we're anxious, but I would say if you take on like, here's the end result that I'm looking for, the path yeah. may not be the right path, right? Maybe a different path getting to the same, you know, the same result. And that's happened to me a million, a million times. But often we get yeah. in our own way, you know, and just we're stubborn. I, I like, get in my way all way the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, so maybe, so after, you know, after you got the, you know, you, you figured out this way to, to sell and to, to market in a different, in a different way, uh, where did things go from, from there? Because you're in San Francisco now. So of yeah. course, you know, this, you know, close to 10 year, 10 year journey. Like what, what are some of the things that happened next? Yeah. So a after there, I, uh, I was working at that company and I, I found a big need. We were helping a lot of uh, particular people and turning away a lot of other people. So we sold real estate, virtual tours, the spinning home tours, you know, back in the day we did that. Right. Huh? So we would just do it for real estate agents, but I was like, man, we're turning away hundreds, if not thousands of homeowners every single day, I'm like, man, I can sell this thing. Why can't I go sell that thing? So I went and built it. And I, I basically talked with my boss and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I want to go build this. I want to go help these people out. And he's like, dude, go for it. You know, you have a job here anytime. You're my number one sales guy. I never want you to leave. Um, but I, I left there and I went to go build that project. And uh, over the course of the next year, I built that. And, uh, you know, just helped watch that grow. Uh, it grew very, very quickly. I, uh, we actually, we launched it and we sold it about a month and a half later. Um, and we had almost 90,000 customers within a month time. Wow. And it ended up being acquired uh, by a very, very large real estate firm to 
which I went and worked for them uh, for a year. So, I mean, it's very serendipitous how it happened, but you know, had I not learned, had the accident really not happened to me, I never would have, you know, I wanted to be a sales rep, you guys. I wanted to go sell like pharmaceutical drugs. That was my dream is to be a pharmaceutical sales rep, go door to door at, at things and sell that. That was my dream. And that it was a great job. That was what my father did. It's what, I mean, even probably listeners on this did, that was my dream and goal. But when this happened, I had the, the realization that I can't walk. And I will never be able to walk, you know, and do that. I think it, you brought up something I think is interesting, which is, you know, I think we all, you know, when when we are, when we are growing up, you know, we start to form, you know, what our, what our future looks like. Right. And my, my wife, I remember would all, you know, she, she used to, to think about who she would marry and what her kids would look like and where she would live and like what, you know, I think we're always, we're always looking to the future as far as like how things should, should be. And when it comes to, you know, making money or a profession, it's kind of one of those, we always like connect the dots as far as what we're going to do with, you know, some, someone else, like somebody that we know or someone that, you know, is uh, maybe, maybe it's close enough to be your family. Maybe it's our neighbor, you know, maybe it's, you know, some, someone else, but we always, we always connect that. And I find, I find that interesting. It's kind of a, a Carl, you know, a Carl Jung uh, principle, right? When, when, you know, he, he really talks about, you know, the different, uh, you know, uh, per, uh, personas and, and personalities that, you know, different cultures adopt, right? Uh, to yeah. be able to emulate those characteristics and, and, uh, and ideas. But I would say, you know, it's, it's built into human nature to think of life as like, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. This is, you know, what I want to do. But I, I just found that interesting. But in the end, does it mean that that's what you're supposed to do? Yeah. And yeah, or what, or what you want to do. I mean, too late. Yeah, I, I talk with so many people. I mean, countless people who thought they wanted to be a doctor. I mean, I have one of my best friends. Um, she wanted to be a lawyer, went to law school, started working, and three months into working as a lawyer, she's like, this is not what I want to do. So she switched and she went and worked at another law firm. Mm. And she's like, man, it's not me because she wanted to give it a try. Yep. And she worked at another law firm and it was the same result at every single one. And she's just like, you know, that's not what I want to do. Um, with me, I found out quickly down the road that maybe salesperson wasn't for me. I, I thought all along, Hey, you know, maybe I would have done this. Maybe I would have been the best at it. Um, you know, life you, is going to throw. You, you, probably, you probably concluded, I'm, you know, I'm going to make a lot of money, right? I know how to sell, yep. right? I'm entrepreneurial. This guy makes a lot of money. I'm going to make a lot of money. Therefore, I'm going to do what he's doing, right? Correct. Yeah. And that's, that's what you do as a kid. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, and I as a kid, I mean, I was like 23 years old when this happened. I mean, I, that's what I wanted to do. I'm still a kid. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still a child, um, both mentally and physically. Um, but, uh, you know, but it, op- it opened up a world of opportunity, right? Where it's just opened like, opened up a world of po- this opportunity. Done disruption. And now you're like, crap, what do I, you know, do I do? But then you just, you had a huge epiphany paradigm shift and, and then look at what it's done. So. Yeah. I mean, I would say for all those listening, I mean, if you're really struggling with what you're at or what company you're at, um, take a little bit of time off, take a, it doesn't need to be a month off or a week off, take a day off and just go do something you truly enjoy and really think about your life. That time I would never do that as an entrepreneur that wasn't built into me to take that time off. When I had that accident, it forced me 
to be able to rethink my life. You know, even when my, when I had a company purchase and I made tons and tons of money, um, I, I found out very quickly what I love doing and what I hated doing. And I hated working for that other company. I, I mean, I loathed it. I, I quit day 365 and I was kind of forced to work there for a year um, because they wanted, you know, that was my vesting period on getting payouts and stuff like that. I left an enormous salary. They wanted me to stay. Uh, it wasn't worth it to me. And I, I would say deep down in yourself, you know, and find out what you're truly passionate at. Now, keep in mind, it, I, I now have a family that I have to provide for. So a lot of us don't have the opportunity to just go quit our job. So I would say if you're in this situation, um, you know, start making plans to do that and putting yourself in a position that you can exit that and you have other things going on. Because I feel so many people like listen to, not, Tony Robbins is a great example because he's a very motivational leader that you brought up and I love him, but I've heard of people going and being like, oh, I, I, I'd love it. And then they go quit their job. I, I don't necessarily say to do that. Mm -hmm. I say to start making preparations right now. Start bringing out that entrepreneurial bug. Start working on side projects. Start blogging. Start cooking more. Start doing more things that you truly enjoy. If those make you money, all the better. But if they don't, start really focusing on you and what's important in your life. Yeah. And that's the theme, you know, the theme of our, of this season is, is exa exactly that. And, you know, I would say, yeah, going and listening to this or going to, you know, a seminar or an event, you know, it could get you so worked up to be like, okay, I'm not going to do what I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> like doing, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give the, you know, give the bird to my boss and I'm, I'm out of here. Right. And it's one of those things where you have to think through it. That's a very emotional decision. You know, and I think yep. that's, that's, it, is, it is involved and hopefully that's, you know, this season and, you know, what you're talking about right now is opening, at least opening the mind, right, for those possibilities. But there was one of the guests that we had on uh, about a month ago and he wrote uh, Boomer Reinvention. His name's John, John Tarnoff. And, and basically it was baby, you know, those that have, you know, had tenure in the professional environment the likelihood of them being able to retire financially, very slim. But then also from like a human standpoint, being able to like call it quits, not be productive, not create value for others and have that, you know, that, that thing I think all human beings really, you know, d desire, which is to be valuable to somebody else, right? Whether they're making money or not, but, do, but doing that, it was, it was awesome because he basically said that, you know, there's so many opportunities now to take, you know, to take what they've learned over the years, whether it's management or whether it's a specific skill set or whether it's, you know, an executive skill set and apply that in, you know, many different roles, whether it's, you know, part-time or consulting or, or whatever. Uh, and that's where I would say, you know, it is even us that who, who are, are younger, okay, the, the idea is that we're, you know, basically gaining experience, gaining characteristics that aren't just valuable at the place we're currently at. They're valuable in so yeah. many different capacities, okay, yeah. that, you know, essentially can be uh, nurtured over time to the point where you can quit and do it responsibly, right? Yeah, agreed. Uh, and the quit and doing it responsibly, you guys, doesn't matter what point you're at in life. Um, you know, I, I don't talk about a lot of my failures in life, but after I sold that company and worked for another company for a while, I was on top of my life. I was worth easily eight plus figures. And I then went and bought a company and that company failed in six months. Um, you know, 
I think so many of us too, I didn't make preparations and now I make a lot more preparations. I, I just ran and jumped off a cliff and I didn't care about the way down. Um, during that time I got married and my wife and I, I remember um, after my company failing, um, you know, kind of getting more into the life and stuff like that. After my company failed, I remember um, not having enough. I, I rented a rental truck and I maxed out my credit card um, to buy a rental truck. This is how broke I was literally like two years after this happened. Wow. After I sold a company for tens of millions of dollars, I was broke, had zero money. I'd been married four months earlier and I had a rental truck and I didn't have enough money to get to where I was going. And I had to sit and beg for money at a gas station. Dude. So, that's a good, but yeah, totally, totally random. But I, other I, side I, of the spectrum story, other side of the spectrum, you know, we don't always go there, but one thing I've learned since then, and you know, take this for what it is as entrepreneurs and business owners and all the people listening to this, you know, if you're in your regular career is something my wife and I have implemented since in my career is my wife takes 20% of whatever I make off the top mm-hmm. and she invests in hard assets like real estate um, where she will go. And as far as a financial, it's not the best, it, it, best thing. I, I'm sure, you know, uh, here we could learn a lot better advice, but she will go and pay cash for a house mm-hmm. and rent out that house house. It won't be the greatest return. Won't be the greatest this, but she goes and does that to have like that solid foundation. And she says, we'll never be that broke again in our life because I'm taking steps that in the good times we have a lot of money and we, we, you know, invest that wisely in the bad times. That is what can really uh, tide us over and put us through to the next stage. So, well, yeah, I'm not arguing with it at all. I mean, it's, it's one of those, <laughs> yeah, that, that those are the only investments I've seen, you know, actually work through, you know, the last 10, 11 years, right. Is, yeah. is properties where people will pay you to stay there. Even during the, the low of lows, it's like, People need always to gonna, somewhere, right? And you always had you always had tenants. So even well, and the great the great tenant. thing about that is even uh, even during the low points, you know, say the market crashes, she can always lower rent because we own the house outright. So even if you know it was getting two thousand dollars in rent and she lowers that to eight hundred dollars in rent, that's still eight hundred dollars we're getting right then. So that, and that, so there's a couple of things here. So first off, you know, as far as, you know, what you do with money, that was a, that was a big epiphany, you know, for me when I went through a lot of hard times in 2008, 2009 uh, and, you know, part of 2000. Hard years. Those were some hard years. Oh yeah. That, and I, and I would say, you know, they were the best lessons and I've, I've learned, you know, a lot of, you know, management and culture and, and uh, you know, business process and business execution uh, due to a lot of pain the last, you know, from, you know, 2013 into 2015. And it's one of those, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, those environments are what teach you, teach you the, the most, right? They really teach you, you know, what you had to learn anyway, but it kind of forces it upon you in a sense. So how yeah. did, so maybe go down that angle, which is, you know, how did you take, you know, the, the failure of that one business and, and turn, you know, what lessons did you learn and what did you turn, you know, what did you turn that into as you rebounded? Yeah. I mean, so when that failed, I, I had nothing. I put everything into the company and uh, you know, it, it sucked. You guys, it's going to suck. You're going to fail. That's the great thing about me is I was on top of the world and I failed, you know, 
very soon afterward, you know, it slapped me. Life has a way of slapping you in the face at times. Um, but what I, what I truly learned from that is, one, I could go back and really rely on my core education, which was online marketing, getting people out there, getting my company out there. I just went to certain people who I'd worked with in the past or customers and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to do consult- <clears throat> consulting for you. And I was able to make ends meet and turn that into a thriving business. But I had a skill. And that's something people really undervalue nowadays is a skill that I am the best in the world at one thing. There's very few people in the world who are better at online marketing in very specific niche than me. There's nobody out there better. And I can confidently say that. So I can go to those and that's a skill that I will always have and that I'm continuously honing in. So when I did have that failure, I, I went back to my core and said, hey, here's a way of earning revenue and money. Um, Next, I started making plans with my wife and my family on not not having that happen. I put everything I owned into that company. I put my life, I mortgaged my future, I maxed out every credit card. I didn't have any money, even to fill up gas money in a car. I didn't have enough because my credit cards were all maxed out. And I had nobody that, you know, I could call on for money or maybe that was my pride. I didn't want to. Um, that's fine though. You just have to realize that about my, about yourself, but we made plans and we started investing one in ourselves, but two outside of companies. So we set up the 20% rule with my wife and I, where we take 20%. I take it out of my bank account, top line, that's top line revenue. I take 20% and put it in her bank account. That's I pay all the bills, I do everything, 20% goes to her. And she invests in hard assets that will be long term. And when I have a project or when I'm looking at buying something or doing something, I can't touch that. That's not my money. That's our future's money. And we fully set that aside. And we've agreed. I mean, my wife and I, to the point, this this may sound terrible, but my wife and I do not even have joint bank accounts because she knows I have no, like, I'll just go in there and take the money like I've done in the past. I just take it all and put it all towards my project, my entrepreneurial endeavor, this project, that, I'll do that. But now we don't even have that. So I, that's not even an option. It needs to not be an option for you. That that emergency fund is, is going into hard things that will keep you during the hard times. Our next thing is the emergency fund. We have 12 months cash where if everything was to go to crap, we have 12 months that we don't touch. We put that again, that one's separated out. I can get that one. I haven't dug into it, but that's our firm, firm rule. Other things we've set with um, loaning money or spending money. Uh, So we set just, I think a lot of it comes down to rules. Um, In in the past, we didn't have rules. We didn't have, you know, even loaning family money. We now have rules where if it's over $2,500, you have to consult the other thing and a, and a family member, you will never loan more than $5,000 ever to. So it maxes out, but it's just setting rules with that partner, with that spouse, with that other person in your life, or it's with yourself writing down and setting firm rules and sticking to it. So that, I mean, from a personal, from a personal financial you know, standpoint, it's it's awesome that you know, especially early on in marriage because that's where you that all, it all it all starts 
right? When yep. you start to form, you know, the precedent, right? It's good that you guys established, established those rules because in the end, I mean, most, most marriages, you know, have issues first because of finances and then a lot of other things flush, you know, flush out, yep. uh, you know, but, but in the end, you know, the, the lessons you figured out what to do with those lessons and, and it's, it's, uh, and it's, and it's worked because, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, that happening, and then looking at what the real estate market has has done over the last you know five five six years, it's pretty it's pretty pretty amazing. And I know a lot of people you know that uh, that, that benefited from that. Maybe what you know is because because one of the things you had mentioned, which I think is is interesting, is that you you took profits from one venture right, and then you put it into you know put it into a, a company. Which sometimes you know sometimes that's good, sometimes that's that's bad. Um, yep. But I would say, you know, uh, I just had, um, you're probably familiar with, with Robert Kiyosaki, but uh, yeah. Tom Wheelwright, who's Robert Kiyosaki's uh, accountant, he was out here this week and he was telling, you know, telling, uh, telling me a story uh, that, that Robert told him, you know, in, in regards to, you know, funding your own, your own business. And basically yeah. the, the quote, I'm going to totally, you know, butcher it, but it's, it's, if you start, you know, if you start uh, a company with your own money, you're an idiot you know, pretty much. And, uh, yeah. and the idea, you know, the idea in the end is like when you know, a business, the reason why you have a limited liability company, you have a corporation, the reason why those entities exist is to separate liability, right, Correct. from you personally. But oftentimes yep. businesses fail because people don't understand that separation, right? Correct. So, so what maybe lessons did you learn about, you know, how to run a business or a profitable, a profitable venture? Yeah, well, I use all my own money for projects. I actually have never received an investor check in my life. Um, that being said, I think so many of us um, put our heart and souls into things and it's worth giving up a little bit of equity for that money. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, I say I've never received investor money, but a credit card is kind of using other people's money. Yeah. Uh, and as Robert Kiyosaki, OPM is the best. And if yeah. you can put $25,000 of OPM on a credit card, that may cost you more like $30,000 for that $25,000, mm -hmm. but that's somebody else's money. And if it's on the company, you know, that falls below the company. So if it fails, you know, it doesn't attack you. Um, my personal thoughts on that is um, invest in yourself. So invest in your education, invest in, you know, learning more and becoming more, you know, take that risk on your chance. You'll never regret it. Every entrepreneur that I've interviewed, you know, I've written tens of thousands of articles for Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc., Forbes, and countless other publications. The biggest thing that people say in every single well-off, rich person that I've talked to, every single one, it's unanimous, is I would have taken a risk and I would have gambled on myself a lot sooner. So, you know, for everybody out there, like that would be my number one recommendation is Take a lot more, take a gamble on yourself, invest in yourself, whether that, you know, you're listening to this, invest in yourself, go back to school, get a degree. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of school and education. I think it doesn't need to necessarily be a degree. I, I think that getting a degree will get you an interview. It, it won't get you the job, but it will get you the interview. And if you don't have a degree, you will not get the interview. That's very true. That being said, I hated school. I think school for me was semi-worthless. It was, you know, uh, I mean, combined between all my things, hundreds of thousands of dollars that I spend on school, it, that was worthless. Mm -hmm. But what I did get is a piece of paper that said, hey, you are good enough to get an interview or you're good enough to be able to talk with this person, which is sad that our society is like that. 
but it is that. Next is invest in yourself and continuing. Go to conferences, invest in your, invest in, you know, like we're doing this conversation with Zoom. Invest in Zoom, invest in a computer, invest in ways to further yourself out there. Now, so I want you to comment uh, also on, on something else, which I think, you know, we, we haven't really mentioned, but I think is uh, definitely worth, worth kind of going off on a little tangent, which is, uh, which is your network, your reputation, you know, et cetera. But before I, before I do that, I just want to echo, echo a couple of your words. I mean, last week we had this, you know, we had this guy, guy that was talking about, you know, the, the fact that schools are really hurting our children, right? Because there's too yeah. much school, too much learning, too much homework, and it's putting so much pressure on kids, right? That, yeah. you know, it's, it's making them do, you know, child violence, child suicide, drugs, you know, there's all, you can go off on all, all of that. Um, yeah. And the idea behind children is they have this natural curiosity that's not being tapped into, we're, we're cramming information down their throat. So the idea yeah. behind education is, is that, I mean, personally, I, I think, uh, I, I tend to believe maybe not 100% of what his, his uh, theory is, Okay, but at the same time, you know, we see evidence that our system is completely atrocious. But at the same time, you still have the, you know, the work environment and the majority of companies, they, they still look at face value, right? And I would say I've had guys, you know, people that I've, I've hired who had, you know, graduate degrees that sucked. Then I've had guys, like some of my best guys never even went to high school. Right. And so it's one of those, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I don't necessarily do that and, anymore is really put, put any type, I, I put some, maybe some value on a degree, but it's definitely not you know, everything. And I think that, you know, it's kind of gravitating, gravitating that, that way, but I still think, you know, just the social, you know, these social agreements that, that we all have, right. I think that's a, that's a big one where you need the piece of paper, right. So that you can have a conversation and, and get into a, a profession. But this is, but one of the questions, you know, before we, uh, yeah, you do, you have to have that piece of paper. Yeah. But, so what, are, so, so you're obviously in you know, Northern California and you're, yeah. I would say, you know, it's still, even though the hotbeds have spread, right. You have Silicon slopes and you have, I mean, every, all the cities that I, I get to go to, you know, I always take Uber and I'm like, wow, you guys are growing. He's like, yeah, like this tech company, this tech company. So it's kind of like, you know, Nashville and Atlanta and Boston. And, you know, it's like, the, you know, tech is going everywhere, but you're still, I would say. And, in, and uh, Nicaragua. And, oh, yeah, internationally too. You know, this and like, it's all over the world. Yeah. So that being the case, I mean, to talk about the, the environment of, you know, because I, I still wanted you to get to the, you know, this other, you know, this, uh, this other topic, but talk about the environment, you know, the professional environment, how that's, how that's evolved and, you know, where, where the opportunities are. I mean, in, in the professional environment, I mean, for me, um, you know, you just need to put yourself out there. I think that's what, kind of what you're going for is, um, you know, uh, in the world, it, you know, school's great, right? But honestly, if you don't put yourself out there, it means nothing. So network as much as possible. When you're networking, my suggestion would be um, the best relationships and the best networking events I've ever been to is not me saying, hey, I want this. Hey, I need this. Hey, do this. It's how can I help? Um, I find any, any person you're networking with that says, how can I help you? Um, those are the best people in the entire world to network. And those are the people who will go a thousand times further. Going, going back to the people that I interview Almost every single, so I've interviewed uh, probably uh, upwards of 20 billionaires in my life. And every single one of them without fail has asked, how can they help me? Every one of them. 
And that's not them being like, oh, I want to get something out of you. It's genuinely asking, how can I help? And I feel so many of us in the networking and business world don't, it's all about us. And networking is not about you. Networking is about the other person and who you can intro them to, who you can help and what you can do for them. It's never about you. So when you're networking, when you're building up, when you're getting your education, really try and help other people. You know, obviously you have to be there for yourself and make a living and stuff like that, but try and help people out. Those will become the best networking and the best relationships and the best advocates for you. Once you gain a person's trust by helping them or doing something for them, once you gain their full trust, they will purchase anything you put in front of you. Mm-hmm anything, even if they don't need it, they will purchase it because they trust you and they, they know what you're talking about. So, the, so, you know, you know, the, the Huntsman family, which is a kind of a local, yeah. kind of a local family, but you know, John Huntsman senior passed away uh, uh, this year, but he was, you know, one of the billionaires in, in, uh, in Utah. And I, I came I started reading his book uh, late, late, one of his books, he has several of them late last year. And it's interesting. It's cause, cause I hear this, you know, I'm hearing it from you now. And, yep. you know, from him, it's like, it's basically, you know, he, he wanted to give away as much money as possible. And because he had that as the driving intention, right. And a yep. lot of it was cancer research, but the driving intention was giving, you know, giving and providing and providing means, which gave him opportunities to actually have the resources to provide that. Right. It didn't come the other way around, which I think sometimes yep. we do that. Right. Which is, well, once I have, then I'll give, but he was like always giving right throughout his entire life. And he yeah. had all of these opportunities provided for him, right? Because of how much he wanted to to, to give, uh, and he became mainly yeah. wealthy because of that. But I think it's the law, you know, law of reciprocity. It's one of those, you know, it's one of those yeah. connections. That I think most people like, you know, kind of realize, but at the same time, it's it's risk. You know, most people will not take the risk of like putting themselves out there and just providing value in whatever capacity with no real what's in it for me. You know? Yep. Yeah. You need all. Uh, if there's something in it for you, you're not doing it right. Mm-mm, no. And that's it. It's one of those things where like, you don't even have to say it. If you have the intention, it's like people can feel it. Yeah. Have yeah. You, it always you, comes uh, across. Notice that? Oh my word. Yeah. Like if, if a person's doing something just for themselves, it always comes out. And it never works. It always comes out. And, and it never it works. Me off. It usually makes it actually worse. It, ma- it only makes it worse. And then, and that's kind of, I would say what goes hand in hand with, you know, network is, is a reputation, right? And I would, and I would say, you know, there's that, that's been one of the greatest blessings I've, I've had is, you know, just, just having a network, but always, always doing, always doing the right thing, even if it hurts you sometimes, right? If it is the right yeah. thing to do, do it. Yep. Agreed. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk about a couple other topics and then I'll let you get on with your day. I'm sure you have another hey, amazing Happy to help. To happy to help. Uh, so this is what I, so this is where I wanted to, to go as we kind of conclude. So right now, you know, we, we live in a very, very interesting times, right? Where you have some horrible things that are, that are going on. You know, obviously the, yeah. the end of last year, you had the spark of the Me Too movement where you had lots of, you know, harassment uh, of women in the, in the, you know, the workplace. Uh, you've had, you know, more recent school shootings that have, uh, that have occurred, you know, you have a lot and, and just kids in general becoming a little bit more, a little bit more violent. Uh, but you yep. being there, cause I always, I always try to, I don't, I don't like to, to focus, uh, focus on that. Right. I, the, the issues are there. Okay. I understand yep. that. Um, I'm conscious of that, but I would say there's a lot of other things that are going on where despite the world's and society's problems, 
there are a lot of people working on solutions, which I would say is, is a very, you know, just instinctive part of a, of an entrepreneur where they're, you know, if there's uh, you know, uh, unclean water, you know, in, in a lot of third world countries and parts of the world, that's, let's go figure out how to, you know, how to, how to make Bring something, it. right. A, a yep. contraption or whatever that clean, cleans water that's economical, right. Or food um, or, you know, communication or transportation or cleanliness or health or whatever. So you're kind of in that, in that hotbed of, of entrepreneurs and those that are, yep. you know, basically take, it's the zero to one, you know, Peter Thiel thing where, you know, it doesn't exist but they're yeah. making, you know, they're kind of creating it into existence, right? Yeah. To, to solve a lot of these problems. Maybe talk, talk to that about, you know, talk, talk to us about, you know, what, what you see up there, the, the people, you know, problems that people are trying to solve. I, I mean, in, in Silicon Valley, uh, where I live, I, I see lots of other things. And it's not that they're not out all over the world, just there's a lot more money here that is going into these types of things. So I see... You know, I see, you know, I got pitched one uh, a couple of weeks ago where it's a person that is trying to cure cancer and they can tell you they have a little device with a little prick of blood and they can tell you with a 99.99999 to the seventh degree uh, if you have breast cancer or not. And they can do that all within three minutes for the cost of $2. You know, little innovations like that, like, They've now done over 400,000 tests in India and over a million tests in China, and they're helping early diagnosis to help save women. Uh, You know, that's just one of the cool stories that I've seen recently. You know, another cool one is some tech company that's analyzing, you know, that I'm interested in that's analyzing foot movements and saying the way you step on your foot, your shoe should be designed a little bit differently so let's design shoes based on you instead of on everything else. And it's like I tried on one of their shoes that they'd specifically designed for me, and my back did not hurt at all. I walk a little bit differently now. So, you know, there's people with back problems with this, and they have like case study after case study where they're making these shoes. Now the shoes are more expensive. They are this. They're making a profit. It's great. I'm happy for them. I'm willing to pay that for what I got. But these guys are helping you know, develop this. Um, there's a tech company out there that I saw the other day that enables me that I can connect um, my um, Gmail to that filters out every single unnecessary post by AI, every single unnecessary email that I don't need to do. And I can, it literally, I had an inbox of like 14 emails the other day and they had cleared out almost a hundred emails. Wow. I went through all hundred emails um, and I've done that for the past 14 days What's the and name it has that? only That's successfully, great. it's under beta right now. So oh, they actually beta. don't okay. have a name okay. or it's in alpha. They actually don't have a name, but okay. I went through, so I did it for two weeks and I, I think I had like 1100 emails um, and 1100 emails that they'd filtered out. There was only one and it wasn't even relevant. I just thought it was cool that the person emailed but all 11, all almost 1100 were irrelevant to me and not needed and it didn't need to happen. So like little advancements like that, like could save us. I mean, that legitimately probably saves me an hour a day. Just that one cool innovation. I think cool things like that are happening. It's not just here in Silicon Valley, wherever you are in the world, it doesn't matter. You can build whatever, 
find something to find a problem and go solve it and build it. Yeah. It's kind of like th- this, this environment is like, would, would be a dream. Anyone that has, you know, any type <laughs> of creativity, it's like a, it's like a dream. Cause there's so many, so many problems Right, yeah. but if you look at like the patent filings, and if you look at yeah, there's a there's a rise in issues, but there's also a rise in solutions. You know, so it's I don't know, it's interesting just to yeah. see kind of how how human nature is is figuring out you know solutions to uh, uh, to problems, and it's always been that it's always been that way, and, I'll, and yeah. most of you will always be that always be that way. Okay, man. Well, let's do let's do this one final one final question, and then uh, let's let's call let's it, hear it and then. You know, you're involved with a couple companies right now. We'll post those on the show notes, uh, you know, do.com as well as calendar.com, which I think are some really, really cool, really cool tools. So we'll post those on show notes. We'll post them on our, on the, on the blog as well. Uh, so if you're listening to this, just go check that out and you can guys, you guys can get links, uh, links to that as well as John's, uh, John's website and social media. Uh, okay. Here's the question. So, so it kind of goes in line with what we were just, just talking about. So for someone, you know, that is, you know, let's say in a professional career that they do not enjoy, they don't like, uh, they're, you know, spinning their wheels, they're doing it, you know, it's, it's the attorney, the dentist, the, the whatever that, that really didn't, you know, have a passion for digging in people's teeth, right? They, they did it because, you know, they wanted to provide a good living for their family. So, yeah. you know, as you look at, you know, where the work environment is, and if a person does have, you know, some sense of, uh, you know, dissatisfaction, like what are the, what are the, maybe just one or two things that if you were, you know, stuck in an elevator with them, what are the one or two things that you would tell them to uh, tell them to do or give or advice to give them? Uh, so my number one advice would be to identify what the true issue is of their unhappiness. Is it really their job or is it that they have a bad relationship with their spouse at home mm-hmm. or that a kid is impacting this or they hate someone at work? And they used to love their job, but when, you know, Debbie down the, down the thing got hired, they really enjoyed this or, you know, a new boss and they hate that. Identify what the true problem is. Is the true problem you actually dislike your job or is it a person there or is it a relationship that you have or is it something personal that's going on or is it because, you know, you're a little overweight? Are you underweight? Is it because you're not getting exercise? Is it because you're not eating healthy, identify what the true problem is. Um, that would be my number one thing. Um, next, if it truly is your job that you're unhappy with, start making preparations to, to move on. So whether that be, you know, if you're a dentist and you need to make a certain amount of money, start, start saving, talk to a financial advisor and be very open and honest and be like, hey, I need to be able to make this amount of money on a monthly basis and they could be like, all right, well, you know, if we took, you know, 50% of whatever you make and invest in these type of assets or in real estate or in your 401k, you can retire 10 years sooner. You might, I'm not saying to go quit your job. Don't go quit your job. Start preparing for the future and making financial um, decisions to do that or start looking for another job. It's, it's hard to find a job when you don't have a job. 10 times easier to find another job when you have a job because there's no desperation that you can look and wait and find the right fit for you instead of being forced into something else. Uh, Again, I I'm sorry that you're in this situation. Find out what the true, what truly you need to do and what truly is causing and the root of the issue and then start attacking that issue. 
All right, man. Word, words, uh, words from the wise. Words from the experience, and, and I, I and I appreciate that because I totally Thanks. totally agree with what you're uh, what you've been saying, John. It's been amazing having you on. Thank you for thank you for your time. Uh, thank you those who uh, who have listened. And uh, like I said, we're going to post some resources on the blog as well as uh, the show notes. So make sure you uh, you check those out. All right, John. Have a good hey, one, man. Thanks, good, uh, good to thanks talk to guys. You. Thank you for joining us as the Wealth Standard Podcast spends all of 2018 celebrating life, liberty, and property. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see you on the next one.